All right, another edition of the Rough Draft Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2, the Combine Review and our Top 5 Quarterbacks of the 2018 Draft Class. It has been quite a while. Um, we were had a lot going on. I mostly had a lot going on. Uh, and then Andy had the plague. So yep. um, that helped some stuff back, and I finally got my computer back working. So that's great. Um, but you know, it's happy to, happy to be back and, uh, you know, ready to go moving forward. We have what under 50 days until the draft about 47 now. Yeah. Almost six weeks. So that's exciting. And we have a lot of catching up to do, so we will do that. Uh, and whoever is listening, we will bring you guys as much shows as we can up until then. Um, so jumping into it, uh, the combine, um, is obviously always fun. Um, had a lot of guys uh, perform well. I think a lot more guys actually underperformed, to be honest with you. Uh, and you had a lot of guys, you know, the, the possibility talking about quarterbacks later on in this episode, you know, a guy like Darnold who didn't throw, um, and a lot of perceptions on that. And I'll give my take on that because uh, I wanted to hear your guys' take on that as well. But um, a couple guys that stood out for you guys, um, you know, let's, let's list them off. Uh, Kenny, what do you got? I mean, we'll start with the quarterbacks just because it is kind of what we're going to be focusing on today. Uh, really, for me, there was two main quarterbacks that overperformed and two that underperformed. I mean, I know we we all know Josh Allen is kind of a, a freak of nature just with his arm and yeah. kind of just with his ability, but I still think he managed to overperform. He ran faster than we thought he would. Big guy. He was. He's a. He's definitely a big guy. And he, he really proved to us that he kind of took a lot of the, the lessons that he was taught in the past couple of months and really focused on them, really staying more balanced so that he was coming on top of the ball and he wasn't sailing as many. Yeah. And that was something that I know a lot of people noticed, and it was something that I think he proved that he can be coachable. I don't think that Wyoming coaching staff is really anything to uh, write home about. Right. So I think if he gets in the right, right system with the right coaches, it's going to prove that he can really – he can really perform better than a lot of people expect him to. Mm -hmm. And then one of the other guys, obviously, I know Andy's a big fan, potential Patriot over there, and Kyle Lalletta. Uh, no one really thought he was going to be the athlete. Spider-Man. Exactly. No one thought he was going to be the athlete that he turned out to be. And that yeah, that really proved like he's not he's not going to be restricted to be a pocket passer, even though he kind of was over at Richmond. But I think he's going to be able to prove that he can move around and He'll be able to adapt to today's NFL a lot shades better. Of, shades of Jimmy thought. G. Um, well, that's actually someone that I, I, right. li I link them to. I think it, yeah. they're very similar. FCS with a lot of a lot of similar traits. And then two of the guys that I thought really hurt their stock, uh, we'll start with Baker Mayfield just because I'm, I'm not too big of a fan of his. But we really thought he was going to be one of the better athletes at the quarterback position, and he came out and – I think really disappointed in that aspect. He ran slower than a lot of the quarterbacks we thought were going to be average speed. He really didn't have that explosiveness and like the broad jump and that we thought that we would see from him. I mean, that's kind of his, his MO is that he's going to be athletic at the quarterback position. And I really don't think that he proved enough at the combine to show one, us that. The one thing I will say about Baker Mayfield is um, – I never watched his games or his highlights and said, wow, he's an explosive quarterback. Like, you know what I mean? No. Like, he's not a powerful guy. So I don't think that you're going to see a lot of – like Tim Tebow, he's a powerful guy. You know, you watch him. He plays the quarterback in, like, a powerful position. Even, like, a Andrew Luck, 
He's powerful, right? Um, and I don't think that's Baker Mayfield at all. So that like the thing with the broad jump and the vertical, like I, I definitely understand what you're saying, but I just don't think that's his game when it comes down to it. Yeah, so. that's fair. I mean, a lot of people just it, more just so the athletic aspect of it. I mean, I agree. I didn't see explosiveness from him. He's more shifty than anything else. Right. The comps to Russell Wilson and Johnny Manziel. A lot of people thought he was them because how is highlight reel in college. But he's not going to do any of that in the pros. So, and that's one thing. And you hear him say like, "Oh, I'm I don't want to be comped to Johnny Manziel." And it's like, I think the comparison play wise is fair. Personality wise, I, I don't think that that's like I think Johnny Manziel in college was off the handlebars. Like I think Beyond. Baker Mayfield is is just he has an attitude and like whatever. Like that's I don't actually mind the stuff that Baker Mayfield does. I, of course, there's that one off the field incident he had with the cop, whatever. But, you know, I mean, when it comes down to it, I, I really – I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's a, it's an unfair comparison to compare the people. I think it's a fair comparison to compare the football player, to be honest with you. So, anyway, sorry. No, you. yeah, I, I agree with that. And then just the other, the other quarterback that I thought underperformed, and I think we all kind of agree here, is Lamar Jackson. I mean, we know what type of runner he's going to be, uh, even though he didn't run at the combine. But we still – we know what he's going to bring to the table with his legs – and the question was really with his arm, and he almost kind of proved to us that he doesn't have the arm that we thought he did. Yeah. I mean, I still think he. I mean, he wasn't accurate. He didn't have the velocity or the really the deep throw that we thought he was going to have. But it, I'm interested to see how it impacts his draft because I like and what I was saying was he he's impactful with his legs more so than his arm. Mm -hmm. So I could see some GMs being attracted to that aspect of his game and still taking him relatively high. Yeah. I think, uh, I think with, you know, Lamar Jackson, I felt like I didn't even see him at the combine. That's how much I didn't think he did anything. Like I just felt like he wasn't even there. So yeah. he threw up a couple ducks right. on the deep ball. Exactly. We'll get into that. Yeah. So Andy, what, do you, what about you? Yeah. For the combine, there were definitely three guys that definitely stood out to me. Uh, one guy I'm definitely looking at as a Patriots fan. I just think he could, He's risky, but I think he could dominate in the NFL maybe as a transition to inside linebacker Lorenzo Cotta out of Georgia, former five-star recruit. He had, he tested 96 percentile in speed, had an elite broad jump vertical. He's a freak athlete. And when you watch him on film, they have him at edge a lot, and he really doesn't excel there. But the few snaps he's in coverage and more on the inside, he really shines. I think he's very similar to Jamie Collins. And after that athletic profile he put up at the combine, it definitely validates, I think, taking him. Maybe in as high as the late first. I'm a fan. I uh, I agree with you with Lorenzo Carter. He was one of my guys as well for the combine. I watched in his 40. He ran right before Shaquem Griffin. And they were, like, talking about how fast that was for Lorenzo Carter. And then, of course, Shaquem Griffin comes along and shadows that. But he reminds me a lot of Leonard Floyd. Except he's a lot bigger, I think, Lorenzo Carter. As far as just he just looks a little bit more sturdier than Leonard Floyd did. Yeah. And I think if you watch the Notre Dame film of Lorenzo Carter – you'll see that he had a great game and he really played he well. Was awesome that game. A very good game. And uh, I'm a big fan of Lorenzo Carter as well. So I just wanted to interject with that. So and Then, yeah, another Georgia Bulldog. Uh, I've been a fan of him probably for two or three years now, but it was just nice to see that. As a power running back, you wonder sometimes if he has the athleticism, but Nick Chubb, he if yep. it wasn't for Saquon Barkley, he'd be the talk of the combine. He just yep. – Saquon, 99th percentile athleticism. Chubb came out in the 90s. He did everything you wanted to on film. He has three trunk legs, sheds tackles, can run outside, can have home run runs. I, I love him. He's my number two running back, actually, above Darius Geist. I'm a huge fan. And uh, 
I'll be getting him in fantasy for sure. That's it. That's two guys. Oh, third one? Got it. I just wanted to be on time. You said three. That's why I didn't. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely a third guy is uh, another guy I've been a fan of for a few months is Cortland Sutton out of SMU. Uh, I just think his game is so unique for a 6'3 receiver. He runs screens, and his yard after catch, his elusiveness is like a slot receiver. He's like – he reminds me of Demarius Thomas out of uh, Georgia Tech. Just I think he can really work that intermediate game. And another guy who – people question his speed if he was 4'6 plus like Treadwell or maybe uh, Mike Williams, but he yeah. came in at a good time. And then the three-cone time was the best of the combine. 6'5", that's incredible for someone to size. So he definitely made some money. Yeah, I, I think um, uh, it's interesting when you brought up Nick Chubb, too, because he's a guy who, you know, coming out of high school and his first couple of years at Georgia, I mean, he was a stud. I mean, and then he got Great. hurt, and and then he kind of got overpowered by Michelle and, um, you know, they started throwing the ball a little bit more once they got from in there, too, and, you know, he kind of was fell behind the scenes there. But it'll be interesting to see how Nick Chubb kind of comes along in, in the process. Um, for me – uh, the combine that talked about Lorenzo Carter. I, I really like him a lot. I thought he had a really good combine, looked very good in drills. Um, another guy that stood out for me was actually the safety from Penn State, um, the, the white kid, Nick. Uh, <laughs> I, I forgot, Popke or Pop, something. Yeah, Apke. Apke. Yeah, he he honestly he was a he was a combine warrior. Um, Did you see he what looked good on the run. Said about him. He, no, like, it was a shock that he ran that fast. Yeah, he's no, white. I, I didn't think a white guy would yeah. run that fast. He's like, wow, I didn't think he could do that. And then yeah, Rich Eisen was like, why? Because <laughs> you know why, because he didn't want to say it because he's white. But yeah, he actually he, he did it very well. Um, I was impressed by him. I actually like a, a running back I really like too. Um, he didn't really do much in college, to be honest with you, but he has done really well in the senior bowl, and he did well at the combine. It was Kalen Ballage. The running back from Arizona, Arizona State. State yep. Yeah, I like him a lot. I think his just his body frame uh, translates very well to the NFL. I think I'm watching him in drills. He looks very, very good. So uh, I could see him being a, a sleeper guy, kind of um, in the mid level rounds that you take a you know flyer on and um, you know comes in and plays and has an impact. Uh, and then another guy for me on the offensive line was uh, Colton Miller from UCLA. Yeah, he really was. I mean, he's like six eight, I think it is, and he yeah, went, he broke the broad jump record too. Right. Yep. Uh, so again, talk about explosiveness, especially for that position, lower body. Um, Colton Miller, I think, solidified himself definitely in the first round, and he reminded me. I was afraid when I first heard about him. He reminded me of the offensive tackle that came out last year from UCLA. I think that the Patriots. All right, we cut him. He sucks, and he's terrible. <laughs> exactly. So when I first heard about Colton Miller, and I. It reminds was like, oh no, we're gonna get the same same thing out of him. But uh, it seems like he's a completely different uh, player, and uh, you know he helped himself a lot as well. Um, so those are my guys for the combine. Um, other thing about the combine, I wanted to touch on too, real quick. Um, I wanted to ask you guys th this opinion, but when you guys watch the drills and you see the the quarterback drills, and then you see the receiver. It's more of a quarterback drill, but the receivers are still catching it, or vice versa, where it's a receiver drill, but the quarterback's still throwing it. Do you think that NFL GMs look at the other position at all? Like they say, oh, maybe he's taking this rep off because it's not really his drill. I'm curious what you guys think about that. Because I was thinking about that, about see if maybe they put any stock in that. Um, I, th I think for me, they definitely – 
they definitely keep an eye out, but I don't know if it's necessarily like they're religiously watching them. I think what they'll notice is if a guy puts a ball right on the money or if he throws a duck and nowhere near the receiver, like in the receiver drill, for example, they'll notice which quarterback threw it. Right. But if it's an average throw, right. they're not noticing what quarterback is making that sure. throw per se, that unless average. maybe it's a quarterback coach right. that's there to specifically watch a right. certain player. Right. Andy, what do you think? Yeah, I definitely think uh, at live at the combine, they're probably focusing more on the player at hand, whether it's the receiver drill, the receiver, or the quarterback throwing the quarterback. But I know they they have someone in the booth recording everything. So after the fact, they probably definitely see the receivers, I'd say, like their effort level if they're right. completing the route. Also, maybe like how they're interacting with the quarterbacks. If they're talking about stuff or they're just more aloof, I could see that. Right. And then there was the other uh, thing that was brought up at the combine with – and this happens, I feel like, every year – but the questions that the teams ask. Oh my so, god! So oh, I think geez. I think no, I, no, I'm not going to get into it. But I'm just all I want to hear is: Do you think that there should be something moving forward to protect the athletes and the teams? Because like, here's here's a little thing I have to take. So let's say you have a staring contest with the GM. First of all, why is that important? Second of all, do you win or do you lose? Because if you win, then you beat your future boss, and they don't draft you. If you lose, then you're a loser, and they still don't draft you. So what do you do? These GMs well, are just weirdos. Right? Isn't it weird? It's a weird concept. It's, it's a very I feel like weird there's concept. no place for it, honestly. What like, I, I know from a – like, not a fact, but I Belichick's not having staring contests, asking about sexuality. <laughs> right. Like, GMs <laughs> got to be like – I don't even know. Some sketchy teams out there. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I just think it's a, it's a strange uh, aspect strange. of the combine. That you it's always hear that every year. It's not tighten that up. Yeah. And then if you if you don't mind, there are actually just to go back a couple steps, two guys that have been big names throughout the, the combine and obviously for other reasons, but first we have Shaquem Griffin. Yeah, I mean something also, we someone I think we have to talk about when talking about the yeah. combine and just in general. And then I know I spoke with Andy about it, but actually Ridley. Yeah Calvin Ridley, who really was uh not not as not as good as, as good as people thought. I mean, what was it was the broad jump, I think, where it was like one of the bottom ten jumps for a receiver in the past yeah. like ten years or something. And I like think he that. even came out and said it too, that he wasn't very happy with it and he he knew it really wasn't a good combine for him. And that's why I, I just think even talking about Calvin Ridley or talking about the quarterbacks, I mean, you always have the opportunity to do it at your pro day. So I don't think it hurts to do both. You know, I think just do both. Um, I will get into Shaquem Griffin, but I have a hot take about the Darnold thing, about not throwing at the Combine. Right. I think it's a bunch of BS to not throw at the Combine because the Combine hasn't changed ever since it started. You know the drills they're going to do. You you train to do the 40, the bench press, the this, the that, the questions in the, uh, the classroom. So you know. So just if you're training to do that, now you've got to go to – if he goes to USC on his pro day – he has a pre-scripted thing. What's the difference between that and the combine? The combine's pre-scripted too. And so, oh, it suits him. I don't like that's kind of like an easy cop out. But didn't he That's do, why everyone has a good everyone has a good pro day at a quarterback position. Right. But didn't he do some of the stuff that like he did participate? He, ran. he just did yeah, he just didn't throw. Right, he didn't throw. That's that's the part I'm talking about. Yeah. Him not participating as and far as throwing. I mean, obviously, I know he has that excuse because the other top quarterbacks have done the same thing in the past. Yeah. So it's kind of a path to follow, especially if he 
if he seems like locked in where the Browns kind of said to him, we, we were We want to, we're going to take you. You're our guy. I mean, maybe he doesn't have to prove it. Maybe, I don't know what he, what really he's thinking. I think he should always throw because anytime you can prove yourself, as long as you are good enough to prove yourself, maybe he's, I mean, he doesn't seem like the guy that's afraid to throw because he'll mess up. I mean, there's questions about Sam Darnold. I mean, there's not. I mean, he's oh, not like a lock, generational, can't miss guy. No, I mean, no, there's no. still. I'm just saying the Browns, right? The Browns and that's and that's why I'm saying he he has no real right to say, oh yeah, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw. Oh really? Because you're a three time Heisman winner and a four time national champion. And I'm not saying like that's what you need to do <laughs> to not throw at the combine, but like you didn't do much. I mean. Yeah, you're a good college quarterback. You're one of the tops in this draft, but you obviously have all the potential in the world. But I, I don't know. I just I, – I, I'm a little against it. Andy, what do you think about it? He should throw. It's just like – I don't know. These these top, top prospects, like he's probably going number one overall. They just – they want to solidify the spot. You know, their agents in their ear, don't throw, don't throw. I don't know. I would throw. Josh Rosen's out there humming the ball, looking great. Yeah. And he's right on your tail, so – I don't know. I'd be out there and throwing the ball. Exactly. And, and you know what? And talking about, um, you know, talking about a guy who gave the most effort transitioning now, Shaquem Griffin, like we talked about. I mean, I almost there's like no words besides yeah. like that's amazing. And it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. And I'm not to sound to treat him like he's, you know, obviously different, but he is. I mean, he is different. He has a unique story. And uh, the, the bench press was first. And what he did in that was insane. Twenty. I mean, he got more than freaking fatty Orlando Brown, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma. And, and I mean, obviously, I know that he's been training like this, but he didn't have a prosthetic hand when he was doing the like in no. his past doing the bench press. He had like it was almost like a mat that he would press yes. his arm up against, like a, so. like a almost like a stone. It looked like exactly. Yeah. So he had to get used to that using a prosthetic hand now to do the bench as well. It's different yeah. than how he normally did it, and he still. I mean, think about building up those muscles in half of an arm like, right. or whatever, yeah. however much you want to say he has. But, like, that's that's the impressive part to me is it just kind of shows how determined and how hardworking he really is yeah. because he could have easily just said, I'm just going to do what I can do. Could have Sam Darnold it. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I know he had a lot more to prove, but the guy's, I think, unbelievable. And you can ask uh, – I know I spoke with – Andy about this, but like something that I mean, I I had my eye on him for yeah, months. Yeah, always like in, him. in the yeah. I but the mean, guy didn't have a combine invite until that's, that's the amazing part. Like, wasn't he? He was the defensive the player of the year for in his the, conference, the AAC, he, not the year that just passed, but the year before. Yeah, and and then he comes out and proves himself on an undefeated team this right. year, national champs, people national, national champs. But then he doesn't get an invite. It's like that's that's just ridiculous to me, but. I'm so happy for the kid because I think he's – I mean, I think he's going to – whether he can play at the next level, like, whatever – for whatever reason, I think his heart's going to make him be able to be I agree. a main spot on a defense. Yeah, I agree. Could you imagine being Troy Fumagalli? Has nine fingers. He doesn't get talked about. But he's like, oh, crap. Shaquem Griffin just totally stole my thunder. <laughs> Ironically, but, he has great hands. He has great hands, yeah. Shaquem Griffin has a great hand. Um, he, but caught, he caught his ball. He did. The, no, the, he did. I mean, it's a, and it was cool to watch. I mean, I, I really – and when he ran that 40, man, that was great. And then he says, happy birthday, mama. That was awesome. I was like <laughs> – I was like ready to go run through a brick wall for the kid. Um, and I think he's a good, good player. 
You know, I think he, I really I, do. Yeah. I think, and that's the other side of it too. It's he's not, not just, just a good story, right? He's not just you know Byron Jones, you know, who uh, <laughs> it looks good and I don't know, whatever. I think Byron Jones sucks, but anyway, um, I think Shaquem Griffin is a great player. I think uh, he needs to get more recognition. And I saw an article that the other day. It just still said, "I still wouldn't draft him as an NFL GM." You're an idiot. The guy is not just good at the guy. He's a good football player. I mean, I don't know. I think he's a good he's a good three four uh, outside linebacker, in my opinion. Definitely, that that guy is just a clickbait asshole. Let's yeah. be honest. He's just yeah. like, yeah, look at me. I want clicks because I suck at my job. Screw you, dude. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I think I really do think uh, Shaquem Griffin um, fits in very well um, to a lot of NFL defenses. To be honest with you, and I think people, I think the right scheme and, and coordinator can make him work. Uh, you know, especially in the right situations. Um, I'd like to see him on the Giants, to be honest with you. So, especially with their new defense, three four, I could see him on the Jets, um, Pats, honestly a too. Of a lot, you know, a lot. So, I mean, what do you guys think he gets drafted? What round? Uh, based on what I've read on Twitter and stuff, it's he seems like a. Round three to four guy. He should be drafted second round, but he's going to be. He'll probably end up on late day three. And then when he's announced, like at the end of the second day of the draft, they'll make a thing of it, a good thing of it. Like, yeah. I don't know. He'll be on the stage. It'll be a good moment. I think. Yeah. I was, I was, I was going to say round three just because I know I've seen a lot of three and four, like you were saying. But I think that all it takes is one GM to say, I really like this kid and I want to. I want to take him earlier than maybe some people thought. And that's, you know, so I think the third round, someone's going to stick their neck out, so to say. And the thing is the kids handled adversity. Like you said, the, the, on a GM, there is there, like, there has to be one GM out there. Who's going to say shit, man. Like I, you got to root for this kid. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's my, point. he's not coming back from like terminal cancer. Like he's, his body is in good shape. You right. Know what I yeah. mean? It's not like a Mark Herzlick scenario. So uh, yeah, Shaquem Griffin, obviously a really, really good story. Um, in the combine. Um, any final thoughts with the combine? Uh, nothing much really. The only thing that definitely kind of annoyed me, which uh, you touched on with Calvin Ridley, but he definitely gave an effort out there. A lot of these Alabama players weren't really doing like all the uh athletic testing. Uh, yeah. he had um, Rashawn Evans, he didn't run the 40. I know he was injured, so that's he gets a pass, but then like Minka Fitzpatrick didn't do some drills, and right. I know there some others, and then they had a pro day two days after. And they still didn't do it. And then in Alabama announces we're gonna have a third pro day, like March twenty eighth. So I'm like, <laughs> just it's classic Alabama. They think they're like a pro football team, which rightfully so. When you have six natties, you can do that. But like, you need two pro days. You're not running the combine. I get it. Okay, you need maximum training. But it's just like it's such an Alabama thing. It and, is. But that's the thing. Also, it's like it's an Alabama thing. But these players, I know they played on Alabama for the last say three years. But like. You're you're trying to prove yourself now for the for the future moving forward for the NFL. You're not trying to prove yourself at at, as an Alabama player. Yeah, like exactly. it's it's a completely different like atmosphere. Well, then it's you're just complete. People are gonna look at you and say like, "What an ass." Yeah, of. I mean, some of those guys only play for a year, and then it's just like, "Oh, now he he has a great great season because he's you know he's been in okay. the." On the practice squad, as you can say. But, I mean, as long as you play a yeah. certain position at Alabama, people are going to take and you because they have a history there. And, and see, you're that's, be behind good guys. See, that's the thing, even going back to the Shaquem Griffin thing. Like, people are going to sway away from him because of his hand, but people will go towards an Alabama player because he went to Alabama. 
and it, it's just that would have been an animal in Alabama. Oh, What's that? He would have been incredible with that front four. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's just like that that mentality. Yeah, exactly. Kind of thing. It's just like they're they're almost set up to – they're like coddled into the NFL. Yeah. I, and, you know, obviously they're coached well. There's no doubt about it. But, yeah, I agree. I'm not, too, I'm not a big fan of guys who just don't do certain drills. Again, if you're hurt, fine. But what do you – are people – unless you like really like suck it. Again, like Orlando Brown, or honestly, I thought Minka Fitzpatrick only getting fourteen reps at two twenty-five. Oh, he, he has a lot of mini red flags. We'll get into one day on the safety show, but yeah, he like, he, yeah, he's been skipping drills. He hasn't been performing that great. And then obviously, this is just a mind nitpick too. If we're on the topic, just quick, yeah. like Saquon Barkley, absolute freak. He tested as the most athletic yeah. running back of all time. This is just the most mind nitpick. But as like a huge Patriot nerd. Uh, elusiveness three cone. I wish he did run the three cone. I know it doesn't matter. He's a great receiver on film, but it'd be nice to know if he has like six, six, three cone, six, nine. I'm just curious because on film, he's a great receiver. I'm just, I'm curious why I didn't run that, but not a big deal. Right. Right. And uh, a lot of, and that's a lot, funny because a lot of times with the being a good receiver, now you hear a lot of Browns fans you see on Twitter. They're like, so, they're like, so, or obviously actually anti Saquon. Especially now after the um, the Landry trade, because like they were like, well, Duke Johnson does the same thing that um, not quite not like quite. that Landry does. I'm like, no, he doesn't. First of all, second of all, yeah, I think like they they're like Duke Johnson has now become like Jesus in Cleveland, and they're like, oh no, like we've already replaced him with Jarvis Landry. Now you're gonna replace him with Saquon Barkley. It's like, yeah, some analytic, some analytic analytic people people think we go. are <laughs> like, give me a break. So um, anyway, so that's that's indie this year. Um, you know, it's always, always a good time, uh, moving on top five quarterbacks. So the number one position as always in the draft, love it, uh, love it, love it. Love and it. I will, uh, I kick it off to Ken to start Andy. I'll kick it off to you to start your top five. All right. Let's definitely right, start five, 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 five to one, five to one, five to one. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. So I'll, I'll starting at five. A guy I mentioned earlier is, uh, Lamar Jackson for me. I think. I'm I'm not a fan of necessarily how consistent he's going to be throwing the ball, but I definitely think if they kind of they tell him use your legs, they tell him to scramble. But once he gets outside the pocket to look downfield, because guys are going to be breaking open, if he can ex- extend plays, he's gonna. I mean, there's going to be guys wide open where if you don't make the throw, you don't deserve to be playing in college, let alone the NFL. So he's proven he can at least make some of those throws. And I'm looking forward to really seeing how he how he progresses if he gets a coach that is going to really work with him on maybe his throwing motion or release or w- whatever it may be. Uh, but for me, a, a comp for him is I have I have kind of two. I, I'll start low end with RG three. I think he can obviously he can bust. He can become get injured and all of a sudden. So what RG three should have been. What he was uh, going towards. To, yeah, to an extent, but he also has the risk factor that RG3 had by yeah. getting hurt if he's going to be running a lot. Yeah. And then I've also seen some comps that I partially agree with. If he can really work on his throwing, he can, to a little bit of a lesser extent, is like a Cunningham-type player yeah. where he's he kind of has a similar build. I don't think he's going to be that good, but I think he has the the potential upside if, some, if they can really work with him to have that type of – uh, mentality and play the same way Cunningham did. Andy? 
Andy. Well, we do our we do our five. Oh, you want you want? Five. I thought we were going five, 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 four, four, four. No? Okay. Well, my my apologies. I'll go to four then. I'm gonna go right to uh, guy Andy. Andy's a big fan of Patriots. Kyle Laletta. I think he's actually gonna be. Uh, he he's impressed the hell out of me for ever since I saw him at the at the Senior Bowl. I mean, this kid is. I remember watching him a tiny bit when he played at Richmond, but like the kid makes throws on the money and to top it all off, he tested like ridiculously well for a quarterback athleticism wise at the combine. I really think this guy, when he gets put in the right system, he's going to have some ups and downs. Like, but like my comp for him is Jimmy G and I still think everyone's high on Jimmy G. He's probably going to come back down to earth. He's going to throw a couple more interceptions. He really puts the ball out there. That's, that's very risky, and I think Loletta might fall into that kind of realm a little bit because of just the competition he's played against in the FCS. But I definitely think he's going to be someone that can really step up for them and for whoever takes him. And I think in the future, he's definitely going to be a guy that can step in. Mm-hmm. Um, number three is actually uh, Sam Darnold. I, I had, even though I think he's going to go possibly one overall, I definitely think that Donald's going to be someone that the issue is if he then does does go to Cleveland, even though they have good weapons, it's I'm a little worried just because it's got to be the, ready in a year because the, they're going to play Tyrod this year, right? And that's something that I think he can be a great quarterback, and he makes some throws that literally your jaw just drops because he puts it between three defenders on the money, and he's he amazes you. And then another time he throws a ball into double coverage, and it's not on the money, and it's picked off. He's got to learn to not force some passes, but I mean, he's obviously one of the the main three that a lot of people have been talking about. Uh, if you add uh, Baker Mayfield into that, you can. I'm not a fan, as you'll you'll see as I finish up my top five. But moving on. Uh, oh, so what I forgot to say was, if he goes anywhere other than Cleveland, I think he's actually going to be really good. And one of the guys that I actually comp him with is is Romo. I've seen that actually. Uh, one or two places now. I think he has a very similar game as Tony Romo did. Hopefully not as an announcer, but as a player. And then uh, number two, number one and number two are like right next to each other for me. The main two are uh, Rosen and Allen. I think number two, I'm going to have to go with Allen just because I'm not so positive as he's he's much more risky than Rosen to me. Yeah, he's, he is. His ability is through the roof. Like this kid, if he if he pans out, can be one of the best quarterbacks of all time with his with his ability, which amazes me. And I think he's going to be a stud. I actually comp him with with Favre is someone who I see him very similar to. He's going to force passes. He's going to think his arm can do more than it actually can, and he's going to try and rocket balls because he has that arm. But if he if he pans out, if he continues working on what a lot of the scouts and a lot of the coaches are telling him to. Right. I think that's going to be just amazing for him, and he can skyrocket and be one of the best quarterbacks in the league within a year. I think this kid is better than a lot of people think, and I'm really amazed at what – as to to see what he, what he will be able to do. Right. And then to top it off, uh, I'm going to have to go with Rosen. He's just the most pro-ready. He can make throws that the others can't. He's confident in how he throws the ball, and he can pinpoint it 
wherever he wants. And he, he can make every throw on the field. And to me, that's the biggest thing. He knows he can. I know he's had some issues coming out talking about, but I don't want to play for Cleveland or I don't want to play for – I want to make sure I play for the right team, et cetera. Yeah. Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, no, I agree. Why would you want to play for their bad, like a a not good fit team for yourself? No, I agree. But it's kind of tough coming out like a top pick like that, saying something where I don't want to be taken by. I know who's number one. But my comps for him are on the low end, uh, a Cutler type player. Just he will force some throws because he knows he he can throw it. Sure. He can thread the needle, and the issue is if he forces that it. In the NFL, it'll get some might get deflected, tipped up, intercepted, and be going the other way. Actually, but, I can see that a lot more with uh, Allen because he has the arm strength. Yes, I know. So, yeah, both, like you said, both, Brett of, them Favre, very, both so. of them I think are similar in that aspect where they will yeah. force those because they have the arm and they know they have the ability. Matt Stafford and they, exactly, and then actually, uh, and you might laugh at this one, but if if Rosen pans out and he really reaches his top potential. I could see him playing very similar to to a, like a Brady, where he if I know I'm I'm extremely high where I think he's going to be able to. I don't know how his leadership skills will be with like Brady's are, but I he can make every throw on the field. And Randall Cunningham, Randall Cunningham on Brady, on Brady, Randall Cunningham. There's got a lot of uh, comps in this uh, this top five. Well, I was a lot of legendary to, comps. I was told to do comps, and I actually yeah, well because I'm. I'm putting out there what I think these guys can be. I've also put some some ones out there that are that yeah. are lower because I think that they're risky and nobody's done. We'll see. No, uh, no Jake Locker comps yet, though. Oh, not yet. No, oh, not yet. No, no. I mean, uh, this is also my top five of a really good QB class that I like. Yeah, and you'll see. I, I really hate a lot of the other quarterbacks, and no. we'll we'll get to that at a different time. Notice the the lack of Baker Mayfield. In, in this, um, and oh, you guys oh, know yeah, my thoughts. Yeah, that's that's. I don't want to go too far into that right now. But yeah, so those are my top fives. I know I have a lot of high comps, but I also believe that on the high end, this is one of the best quarterback classes I've seen in a, in a long time. And if if they can pan out, I think it can almost replace the what we've kind of been missing with Manning out of the league. You st- you lose. Uh, Breeze and, and Brady are leaving soon. Yes, Andy, Brady's leaving soon. <laughs> and I, and I, we, we're going to need those types of quarterbacks to really step in because we've been missing that, I think, in the last couple of years. We haven't had any young quarterbacks yeah. that, have, that have Even Andrew Locke has never really panned out, to be no. honest with you. So. We, we don't have that big three that solidified. I mean, I know you have Rodgers, but even – like I'm talking about a group of guys that are right. all right the same One age class. that are going to be – even or just similar ages that are just right. going to be able to – to compete for years to come, which will be, which is better for the NFL, as you guys know. Right. Nice. All right. So with that first top five, Andy, let's hear your top five. So yeah, just yeah, just class. It's definitely it's reminds definitely me of the twelve draft. Probably the deepest in the class of our lifetime. Obviously, had Andrew But the key in that trap was. We had Kirk Cousins going to the round, Russell Wilson third round, resident Eagles and Eagles in the third round. The third round. He caught a lot of depth. I think the draft will definitely Maybe not like an all-pro quarterback, but I think there's going to be maybe five to seven. I'm a big fan. So I pick it off at tier two. My fifth quarterback, early round two, grade, grade, 
I'm just surprised I'm just that he's surprised not the that he's quarterback. quarterback. He just he looks like a polished quarterback. He has great he reads has with his eyes, goes through some motions. Awesome intermediate aggregate. Velocity is pretty good. Uh, I'm only six, too, and John Frank is definitely low average. It won't kill him, but he's not coming 60 But his effort shines the combine, and I think. He compares favorably to Alex Smith, her cousin. I see Jimmy Garoppolo, and I don't know if he has the or the arm strength of Jimmy G, but as FCS quarterback, to comparison. Then moving on to quarterback four, Baker Mayfield. He's obviously we know he's very polarized. People have him. The number one overall PFF has him that high. Uh, he's uh, definitely he's late first round. He has a lot of good quality, of good quality. Great, velocity. great velocity. His arm strength, his arm strength came in above average. average. He's like 59 miles an hour. That's surprising. Uh, actually, uh, actually, field. Field. he has that edge. He has that edge then I just see a lot of holes or wrists. Obviously, you have the history of the 12 quarterbacks. They just always falter. And I don't like his pressure. Like when, there's, like when there's when there's people in his storm line is coming up, to him, up to him. he either takes the sack or the, the ball. I don't really like that. And his action takes I will say, but what's one thing that they say about like a lot of guys that they just get rid of it and they make bad decisions and then they turn the ball over. So sometimes I think as an NFL, I, I think personally, as a scout, I don't yeah, sometimes depending on the clock situation, you don't take a sack. But I'd much rather have a quarterback take a sack and be smart with the football and give his chance a better the team a better chance to win rather than just chuck it up and then it gets turned over. In my opinion, that's fair. That's fair. It's just about his internal clock. Like, I think I think on the free second, he doesn't control the ball. He tries to make I think that can definitely. And, and, and just in and general, just in general six, feet, six feet, I know feet, people it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, one's the greatest. One's the greatest. The greatest the talking, and talking, and another one's the most accurate quarterback, quarterback of all time. Well, height does matter. Height does matter. The quarterback. And, quarterback and, I can see him panning out as an NFL cop. Maybe Case Keenum definitely fits. You know, they both played in that spread and spread it out type offense in college. Undersized. Undersized, but... I don't know if I dropped the franchise, franchise QB. And then uh, to, end, uh, to end, end tier two is uh, Josh, is Allen, Josh Allen. First down. There's not a lot to say about him. Everyone said it. You know his game. 6'5", fast. Five fast. Strongest arm um, maybe, um, maybe since like John like Elway. John Elway, Elway five. Five. Absolutely. Absolutely. His pocket presence is shaky. reaction pressure is shaky. His accuracy is kind of a mess. In the middle the area of the field, but he has good deep accuracy. I think he has a lot of stuff to do. But if you're willing to take him, and he hands out, his upside is the best player in the league. So the team's definitely going to take a chance. And I haven't ranked this guy solely on upside. His floor is bust. Kyle Bowler, big blocker, but mega talented. Game plan translates. Then I tier one. You got the you got California, the boys. California boys, Donald USC, USC number two. Number two. Uh, I uh, like pretty much like every game, game except his release. Except his release. That, long that long wind. I just think that could lead. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then obviously the difference between him and Rosen. Ball over a lot. A lot. 
But he has the but honor, he has the honor the all the field. Field. He's great under He's great pressure. Under pressure. Love about him. Love about him. Very good. Very good. But when he was under when pressure, he was pressure he was definitely now And I think he reminds me of Phil And he's been just a tier two great quarterback. And I think that's what I'm and then obviously, and then obviously, quarterback one, quarterback one, 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 one player, highest graded quarterback in four years. Four years. Josh Rosen. Frozen. He has the size, the, size, the, work, the relief, the, the arm strength the to, go to go anywhere. Elite accuracy. Elite accuracy. In the NFL, he's top. NFL is top back. I just think. I just think. People overthink this. this. His team was awful. His O line sucked. What's up? What's up? His offensive line and his offensive weapons just sucked. Oh, it was so oh, bad. It was so bad. He had lastly in that game. His game two his game years ago. Two years ago. He, he almost he, died. That uh, was that was that was awful. That was awful. Miles Garrett was wrecked. But I just love him. I, I think that Cole Cop is probably Eli Manning. Eli Manning. Madness. But uh, but uh, I just really like him. I just really like him. I think he's gonna step in and be a franchise quarterback. I could see him being top five in three years. I just, I just. I don't get the negative. Get the negative. Uh, uh, character. I know he's like know a little he's like weird. A little weird no. Talks about like saving like planet and all that stuff, but he's a millennial. He's a millennial. That wouldn't get to me. Get to me. I mean, at least he's not getting arrested. Exactly. exactly. It's nothing bad. It's just bad. like it's just like, 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 um, Unacceptable. I know. Sorry, I don't have Josh Allen in my top five. Uh, I'm actually not a Josh Allen fan at all. I think if you just look at his uh, production um, at high school and college, it's just it's not. It's not there. And I, I think he obviously he has the big arm. Yes, he has the size. Definitely. Um, I think he's just. I think I think his best. I will give him credit. I think his best football is ahead of him. Um, but I just don't think. And I, maybe it's just where he played. At Wyoming, but in my opinion, that's not an excuse because that's what people said about Joe Flacco and Carson Wentz and you know Warren. I mean, like Warren Moon, Steve McNair. Like, it's just it's not an excuse. I just if you're good, if you're good, you'll put up the numbers in different situations and no matter where you are. Um, did he dominate the Mountain West? I mean, not really. I don't. I yeah, he was good. I just I I'm not. Again, I understand he's got a rocket arm. DraftJoshAllen.com, like he's a winner, or whatever. Like that's great, but like there's a reason he didn't get any offers out of high school, and there's a reason he went to Wyoming after JUCO, um, as well. So I, again, I think his best football is definitely ahead of him. I think he can definitely make all the throws, as we know. I just think sometimes his accuracy is off. I don't like his decision making. Um, I'm just not that big of a fan of his. Uh, so getting into my top five. Um, one that you guys did not have on your top five. Although I will say real quick, I do like Kyle Loletta. He's not my top five, but he's definitely a fringe guy, and I think he could be borderline five with my guy who's number five. So my number five guy I know may cause a lot of stir, but Mason Rudolph. I like Mason Rudolph a lot. I know people compare him to Bryce Petty. What's the difference between him and Bryce Petty when he comes to the league? I understand that comparison, but I think it's a big 12 thing. 
Um, I think Mason Rudolph has great size. Um, I think he he moved very well. He played. He performed very well at the combine. Um, I think he's got a big arm. Um, I, I just like his. I like his pocket presence. I just like what he does. I think he has a lot of upside. Kind of reminds me similar also to the way people talk about him now is a lot like Davis Webb last year. Um, I, I think he. I think he could be very good. It kind of reminds me of Josh Freeman. Um, the way that he plays, um, of course, Josh Freeman, the good Josh Freeman, not the Vikings and Giants, Josh Freeman. Um, but I, that's, he kind of reminds me of, um, number four, uh, I have Lamar Jackson as well. Uh, I think Lamar can, can be a, a good NFL quarterback. I think, again, you put him in the right situation, um, where he's not gonna, um, I think he's going to be smart. I think he's going to be that quarterback that finally learns to use his running ability in, in the smart sense. Um, I think I definitely think he could be overzealous and hurt himself because he wants to show up the teams that pass him in the draft and all that stuff. Um, but I, I think he reminds me, of, of course, a lot like Michael Vick, um, Pat White. I mean, you could talk about all those kind of quarterbacks. He, that's just what it is. What he is. That's just the kind of quarterback that he is. Um, he had a, a very good, obviously, junior season and senior season was a little bit more quiet, but um, a little bit more production as well. Um, throwing the ball, I think he was more of a just a single threat uh, at times, just running the football. But um, like Lamar a lot, uh, I think he, he can definitely be a good starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, so he's my number four. Number three, uh, I got Baker Mayfield. Um, Andy, I mean, you touched on it a lot with Baker. Um, some of his, you know, decisions people will say aren't the best off the field. Um, again, compare him to Johnny Manziel. I just think the kid is is a competitor. He's a winner. Um, yeah, he has a cannon of an arm. Yeah, I mean, he didn't run through the roof. I, see, I, I think the difference with Baker is he's not quick. He's not explosive, like I talked about earlier. I think he's fast. He can get out of pressure. He could feel the pocket, and he could he could throw. And a big thing that question was him was, can he take a snap under center? He showed he could do that at the senior bowl. You know, he gets NFL coaching. You know, he'll be able to do it on a more consistent basis. Um, Who would I have him come to? So I had, I have him as a, a less a lesser version of Russell Wilson. I think that's just really what he is. I think again, Andy, like you touched on. He's the greatest escape artist since Fran Tarkenton, Russell Wilson, right? But Baker Mayfield is not going to be that yeah, good at it. Um, because, again, Russell Wilson, he's explosive. Russell Wilson's a big dude. You know, he's got that baseball frame. You know, he, he has big legs. And Ru- Baker Mayfield really does not. So, again, talk about the explosion at that position and, and the size difference. And that, I think, helps Russell Wilson as well compared to Baker Mayfield. But I think Baker Mayfield could be, a, again, a good NFL starter. Um and potentially maybe make some Pro Bowls um, again if he's in the right situation. But again, I think a lot of those those three guys I just mentioned, I think they have to be in a good situation rather than they make the situation good for themselves. If that makes sense. Um, and then my last two, uh, Darnold and Rosen, two and one. Um, Darnold, I think again, you sit him for two years. Um, you know, I think a team like you know, uh, a team that has a, a veteran quarterback that he can learn from and do well in. I mean, not too many people could fall in the situation like Aaron Rodgers did with Brett Favre, but I think that would be a perfect scenario for a guy like Sam Darnold. 
Um, but uh, I think that's I think you know with with Darnold, he he has the big frame, of course. You know, people say Ben Roethlisberger. Um, Andy has left the podcast for good. Um, he's, he's trying to trying to work on his mic over there. It was it was echoing a little bit earlier. Difficulties. So he's uh, he's trying to move it around, see if he can get a better a better read from it. Um, so that's okay. So we will continue with Sam uh, Sam Darnold. So yeah, so you know, obviously he has a big frame, big body. He's pretty good at escapability in the pocket. Um, unlike Josh Rosen, who's my number one quarterback, um, has a good arm. Um, again, I think I think he could definitely with some coaching. He reminds me a lot like an Andrew Luck, um, especially with his frame um, and his ability to kind of escape and you know finagle throughout the pocket. Uh, and then my number one, Josh Rosen. I think he can make all the throws. He's the best pure passer in the draft. He just looks fluid uh, doing it. Uh, he's got the NFL quarterback stature, the size. Um, I'd like him for the Giants. I think you put him with Pat Shermer. Um, and he's a, I think he could be a lot like a Carson Wentz, um, Eli Manning type quarterback. I see, I see Carson Wentz and Eli Manning a lot in his game. Um, that's what I would comp him to. Um, except the only thing with Carson Wentz is that Carson Wentz can really run and use his legs. I don't think Sid, uh, Rosen can really do that as much. So uh, that's my five guys. And um, yeah, so that's the, that's the top five. So we listed off uh, – an interesting group. Like I said, didn't have Josh Allen, so we all um, have one, one or two in there that was that was different. Yeah, so. which is good. It's good for the show. Um, I mean, you don't want everyone having the same right, rankings. Top then, five, that'd be weird. Then the draft would be boring. And it's fixed. And then we don't have to watch the draft. Then we don't have to have any mad. You know where everyone's videos. going, right? Yeah, we don't have to watch my reaction videos. So just wait. If if something goes bad at, at six, you're gonna you'll see a new new Eesh. side of me. So, uh, yeah, and so. Uh, of course, we'd be remiss with talking about the draft. This week coming up is the NFL free agency, and that I don't think I will be signing Andy Prowl's mics at all because they're definitely on the vet minimum vet minimum deals. Um, no, but I, I think you know the NFL free agency obviously sets up the draft uh, for teams moving forward, and it'll definitely be interesting. This past week, we had a ton of moves made by the Cleveland Browns, a move made by the the Giants. Um, and a move made by um, – we had the, the Rams uh, make a couple moves, and we had the Eagles. Well, the Seahawks. The Seahawks. With a lot of there. Yep, Seahawks, Eagles, and the 49ers most recently um, just uh, signing um, sure. Richard Sherman. So he was cut, and the Legion of Boom is now over in Seattle, and Michael Bennett goes to the Eagles. Alec Ogletree goes to the Giants from the Rams. Um Marcus Peters trade finally technically complete going to the um, Rams. the Rams and so is Akeem Tlaib. Yep. So that'll be an interesting secondary. Wade Phillips. Uh, Wade Phillips is going to have fun He's with back. that. He's so back. yeah, and I mean that defense really wasn't that terrible. That secondary is I think the best in the league now uh, with John Johnson and um, Lamarcus Joyner, um, and then you have those two guys at the quarterback, uh, the cornerback position. Excuse me. So. Um, so I, I want to yes. want to wait. Uh, trying to trying to get Andy back in here because uh, one of the major things I wanted to talk about free agency wise was I was I was really interested with how everything went down with uh, Richard Sherman. But we'll we'll touch upon that when uh, when we get Andy back over here. We'll start with uh, just the Browns in general. I think that's they're trying to develop a 
a spot where now if you go out and get the the quarterback of the future, you give him a year to kind of get accustomed to the system. He all of a sudden has these good weapons with depending on if you draft Barkley or you keep Duke Johnson, whatever you want to do. I mean, I think it's going to set up nicely. Two months ago, two weeks ago even, we were sitting there saying if you're a quarterback or you're anybody and you're doing everything you can not to get drafted by the Browns at one, and now all of a sudden that that changes. You have those weapons and you really have – it almost seems like a nice place to be. I mean, yeah, the good offensive line. Cleveland itself isn't a nice place to be. No. But now playing for the Browns all of a sudden isn't so shitty. But you know, it's funny, <laughs> and it's funny. Okay, so I will say though, I feel like the Cleveland thing that will happen to them is that it will suck. Like the team will suck. They will no matter who they have, it'll just suck. Like there's right. been years where they've been like, oh, they have hundred million in free agency. They go out and sign this guy, that guy, this guy, yeah, and then they still they it's just, just seem like to always do the wrong moves, it's or just they like, just can't. wow. They can't come together. Yeah. I don't know exactly what it is. And uh, I will say, though, with the Browns, too, is everyone is, like, obviously quick to say, like, wow, that was all Sashi Brown. And, like, yeah, part of it is definitely it was Sashi Brown. But, like, Sashi Brown never would have executed those trades right. that John Dorsey did. So, um, yes, that's great that J- Sashi put them in the position to make those trades. But he didn't execute those trades. And I don't think he would have, to be honest. Right. I think they really would have kept those picks, kept trading picks for picks and picks and picks. And uh, it would just be oh, keep saying about the a future. lottery of picks. Yeah, right. So it would always be the – but I think that's that's, and that's what Cleveland needed. They needed a GM right. who was going to come in and, um, you know, do that. Um, looking at uh, another team, obviously, I think the second most cap space is the Jets. Yep, Jets are, um, Jets are up. They actually came out today saying they're going to make a big splash first day of free agency and – Kirk well, Cousins, breaking news to the Jets. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't be bad. I, I'd be perfectly okay with that. I prefer going after a quarterback because, like I said, I think this is at six. You're getting one of the those top three guys that I that I have up there, and they're all difference makers and can can be franchise quarterbacks for a lot longer than Cousins can at twenty nine. Right. You know? So that's the biggest thing for me. But we'll see as a lot of these teams start to develop and who they're signing in free agency, we'll really get to see what what it comes down to, like where these teams looking to go in the draft. You know, right, where exactly. it's going to spin for us of here course. doing the doing the podcast is you see all of a sudden, like, you know, if the Jets go out and get, say, A-Rob, they go get a, a cornerback or two or whatever they, they end don't up get doing. They get a quarterback. Or, but they, well, well, they get a cornerback, but they don't go get a quarterback. quarterback right. right. They don't get Cousins, or they don't go get Keenum or Bradford or Teddy Bridgewater. Then all of a right. sudden you sit there and you say, we know they're going hard after that quarterback. That's what pick six is. They're getting a quarterback. Would anything be more New York Jets, though? I can just see this on the wall now. I, I don't even go want, out. No, I don't even want to talk about it. No, okay, they go. Sign, <laughs> they sign like Tremaine Johnson. Right. Great. Tremaine. They sign Allen Robinson. Great. Great. And, and then they, they sign, like, Case Keenum, the oh, one-year wonder. Yeah. Or they bring in Mike Glennon for the big split. Like, that would just be uh, – Knowing the Jets, it's what we find a way to screw up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, well, that's oh, yeah. all going to come to fruition in the next couple couple days. We're going to see what teams are thinking, where they're going in the draft, and how they're looking to – Set up their boards, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly, and pursue the, the team for next year and whether they're trusting more of a – like a like a cousins or I mean obviously it's up to cousins really what right. he wants to do but it's it's going to come down to that's going to show us really what teams are thinking in, in terms of the draft but now now we have Andy back 
hopefully uh the mic's not not going crazy on him uh no that's that's better it sounds better this is so stupid the friggin' people make fails you in the biggest moments. It's like Landon Roberts and friggin' Nick Foles. Dude, let's run the let's run the Mike. Mike. Sorry, but Foles, but Foles didn't fail them. Oh, no, Foles did great. Yeah, he caught the ball. This I don't get why it's why this great. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. You know. That's fine. Uh, so but, we were talking about free agency when you were uh, getting mic'd up um, for NFL FX. Um, but anyway, so what do you want the Pats to do? Give me a couple guys that you you know you think that they're targeting, maybe to set up their draft board, and how you think they'll set it up. But yeah, obviously, but yeah, obviously, it was a good move. That's we need a nose tackle. Long branch decided to decline. Decline. But uh, I definitely want Avery Williamson out of middle linebacker. Get back to stopping the run and not getting gashed by LeGarrette Blount. I think if you start there, domino effect will be third and long. Third and long, young pass rushers up there. Boy, I definitely want that. It depends. We don't have a lot of cash. Can't do big moves. We're not like the Jets. Everyone in the middle. Yeah, I, we were just talking about that um, before too. And um, for me, with the Giants, I, I would really like. Um, I mean, I think it's uh, seems to be that they're going to go after and probably sign Andrew Norwell. Um, that's what apparently all signs point to that. Uh, the left guard from the uh, Carolina Panthers, all pro. Of course, it would help the offensive line. Um, I'm under the impersonation that I what I would do uh, if I'm playing GM, I would go out and sign. You know, lesser known guys, but not still not bad. Uh, quality guys like Jack Muhort, um, you know, um, Klein, the the guard from uh, the Titans. You know, you can get guys like that for a little cheaper. You can almost get two of those guys for the price of Andrew Norwell, and they're still, of course, they're not all pro players, but they're not. They're still going to be an upgrade for the Giants, and still a quality upgrade. Um, I think they have more than obviously one hole to fix. Um, but again, if you can get two birds, one stone. It, in that sense, in the free agency, then it could set up the draft. You know, um, if you can get a guy like Cam Fleming and, um, you know, Jack Muhort again, you know, and then you get the right tackle spot, your left guard spot, and then you get draft Quentin Nelson, let's just say at two, or they draft trade back at six. And then, you know, you really have good pieces on that offensive line now. They're really, you have three, four good pieces, you know. Um, so there's not really so much of a weak link. Um, I definitely think that's something I, I would like if I'm the Giants. Uh, that's the approach I would take in free agency. Um, you know, potentially another guy, Joe Berger, who played for um, uh, Pat Shermer in Minnesota, and then maybe like a Jarek McKinnon-type running back um, and bring back Orleans Darkwell, who's a restricted free agent as well. So that is my uh, take with free agency. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um Probably bring in another corner now too. Uh, maybe bring back Ross Cockrell now that they released DRC today. Uh, and there'll be more cuts to come, I'm sure, for them as well. So, um, yeah. So I think that's uh, any final thoughts, guys. Well, just the one thing that I I did push back because uh, we were waiting for Andy. Yep. Is uh, I touched upon uh, the Richard Sherman uh, whole extravaganza that was going on, and I was just kind of curious what your guys' thoughts were. How he comes out, he says, "I want to." play for a team with 
contender with a well a contender but like with a great quarterback he says and then he goes and he has all these alleged like meetings he's scheduling the and the visits and however you want to go about it and then like all of a sudden he's like in a, literally it felt like the 24 hour span he goes oh yeah i'm visiting with the 49 oh yeah i'm signing with the 49ers and it was like it was just like to me it was almost like out of left field like i really didn't see that coming and it kind of the deal he got is really going to – you can see how it's going to start pushing open the market and how people – like, I think he got paid a lot more than oh, yeah. a lot of people For thought. he's at in his career. Exactly. And I think that's going to be – I know the cap's going up and a lot of teams have a lot of cap space, and I think that's going to bode well for some of these other guys like like a, like Butler or uh, Johnson or whatever who it's going to yeah. be – you're going to see them get a lot more money now because he almost like set the bar. And those players, I think, right now in their career are better than Richard Sherman. So. Yeah, I agree. I like. I think. Uh, I think obviously a big attraction to him going to the 49ers is he's from California, right? He went to Stanford. John yep. Lynch went to Stanford. Um, I'm pretty sure their D coordinator was his D coordinator at Stanford, or his secondary coach went. It was his D coordinator at Stanford. So right. obviously he's, he's familiar there. Um, and there, I think they're a team on the rise. To be honest with you, John, of course, Jimmy G. Uh, is playing well. So I think he sees that as an opportunity to get it on with a quarterback who's ascending. Um, it'd be interesting. I think there's a lot going on in Seattle. I actually don't think that college coaches do very well in the NFL as far as player development and management. I think that they become too player friendly and then they let the players kind of run things and, and then it kind of gets overwhelming. And then they say, well, we got rid of the get rid of everyone. So then it's just like becomes a big dysfunction. Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely interesting. Andy, what do you think about that with uh, Richard Sherman? Yeah, I just, yeah, I just, just echo, echo, no thoughts, no thoughts. Echo, echo, wow, we have no echo. Uh, okay, right. we didn't hear an echo from you, dude. He doesn't want to talk because he's that's afraid it. of the echo. He's over. All right. It. All right. Well, with well, that, on that note, episode two is in the books. See you guys uh, maybe next week, maybe another episode this week. We will see. TV Ho- day. Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Adios.